Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. It's Barry Bullock Hour 37, recording live from the many corners of the galaxy, most notably Christchurch, New Zealand, and several pockets of the plague-ridden Melbourne. Um, we've got the full foursome. Everyone's here. We've got the C-Mac attack, the big dog, and the Minnesota Thunder boys. How are we this fine, fine trans-Tasman Sunday evening? Doing well. That's good. Anyone else? <laughs> <laughs> Throwing it out. I'm a bit. I'm a bit buzzed. I've had quite a few beers. Have you? Oh, have you? What have, What have you been doing? So, I mean, I'm drinking a delicious. Just to get straight to the point, if we if we can, I'm drinking a delicious uh, Trillium and Garage Project Happy Days. Uh, uh, collaboration, a lovely hazy IPA. Um, Big dog, I'm noticing that you're nursing a uh, a teacup. What 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 you uh what you got going on there? Well, I've been drinking a peppermint tea. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Also known as the hard stuff. But also though, hang on one second. I have actually <laughs> literally literally one minute in, and you're up and walking away. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. I have this. This has been my drink of choice lately. I don't know if you could say. Oh, it, the old, oh, the old colonial pale ale. With, has that got the uh, the rip top, or have they stopped doing that? No, it's got the uh, normal can. Just yeah, they the people that make the uh, the colonial rip top cans, where you rip off the entire top of the can, um, stop stop making them rather disappointingly. Oh, Co- wow, really? Uh, yeah, they're man- dangerous. Manufacturing thing, I believe. Yeah, not yeah. Dangerous. You can almost slice your finger off. Yeah, can I've you? nearly done that. Mm. Oh, is, oh, it, is that the hold reason? it up too high? Well, I found I nearly have. So oh. I've certainly. Don't stick your finger in. It's progressing nicely. I drank too many of those at the bowls club on many occasions, and um, yeah, and we've never had trouble. Supposed to know. No, Eric and I have both got a bit. Well, I am known yes, for my clumsiness. You're also known for disappearing from the frame. I mean, good. I'm a, the thing is, I am recording audio and video, so I can just show that once again you have absconded, just up and walking around. You are re- you are wearing a uh, a lovely uh, a lovely call center headset there, so I guess you can just roam within the three meters of your uh, of your laptop. Is it Bluetooth? This? No, I wouldn't have thought so. No, it's just no, it's straight the old you just the USB on the wire. Mr. Cox, what are you uh, what are you cupping there? And I am talking about a beverage for those listening to the audio of this podcast. What are you cupping there? Oh, just just my testicles. Got... Oh, Eric. The clouds. <laughs> you can't part of the Part of the ninety nine family pack. I was going to say last last month I gave you the challenge to hunt down a ninety nine pack. Did you did you succeed? Man, of the handful of places I've looked and I dug around online, like I'm I'm not convinced that anybody in the general public could have found one and snagged one. It does it like, even yeah, does it even exist? Maybe it's like the Who easy. knows? There's the one promo photo and they've passed that case around to the different shops and everybody gets supposed with it. And then that's <laughs> that's it. I don't think it I don't think it was down here because otherwise I would have sniffed it out. Yeah. Um, but I've bought uh 33 uh, uh no what 33 24? what's what's the maths on 24? that um the uh the uh, uh however many six packs you'd need to buy to get uh, <laughs> oh you've made up the 99 six <laughs> yeah so what would it what would that be? no it'd be it'd be like 18 wouldn't it something like that it yeah be, i think so it wouldn't be, it'd be, it'd be a half of 33 i think yeah 
Uh, you're on the old Paps Blue Ribbon. Cal, you said you've had a couple already. What are you? Uh, what you? What you? What you been knocking back over there? Katie's birthday this week, so we we set up Welsh Welsh friend of the podcast, Katie. We set up a social distancing treasure hunt for her. Okay. So it was it was it was under the auspices of exercise because we Clem and I went out for a bike ride and Katie was walking her dog, and we set up a, a set of points around Brunswick where she had to go to. And, and find clues and Clem and I met her at the various points on her bikes and, and gave her a puzzle and then she had, but along the way she had to drink many beers excellent I do um, I do like exercise that involves um, alcohol beers along the way running a great time at the moment I, I'm drinking the stomping ground well that was our um, what was that episode 33 or 34 we did nominate as our preferred uh, lockdown beer so well done the winner well done indeed. Um, but today I've I've had uh, what have I had? I had a Burnley blackberry stout, a uh, blackberry gosa. Ooh, which was quite interesting. Um, I've had uh, the Beechworth nitro lager. Nitro lager. Yeah, hmm. it's actually quite good. It's good. It doesn't really taste like a lager, which is good, obviously. That's a that's a good characteristic for a lager. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's, it's like, it's reasonably hopped. It's more sort of interesting multi flavors. Yeah. Mm. I like, I like that. I like that. Uh, I had, uh, what, what else have I had? I had a garage Easter. Yep. Classic. Pale Yeah. And I have been drinking a lot of the lockdown beers. Well, when the lockdown returns, beer consumption goes uh, through the roof. Classic. Hey, now I've got a I've got a question to open up proceedings, if you like, uh, fellas, um, because everybody on this podcast is a runner. Mm. Right? Well, inverted commas, but yeah. I, no, look, I, KB, I'd say that you're of 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 us all. Currently, you're probably in the most running shape of any of us. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, how come? Didn't you do a half marathon like oh, months ago? Yeah, right? a couple of weeks ago. It was months ago. Really? It was a long time ago. That feels like that feels like it was a couple of weeks ago. It was May because it was the weekend it was the weekend that the Great Ocean Road half marathon was supposed to be. That's fair. That genuinely feels like it was like like th- two three weeks ago. That's and was that in was that in Christchurch? Where was that? Yeah, I, r- I ran around the airport. Not, again and again and again. Once. It's a big airport. Is it mm. 21k? Oh, I guess there's all that. No, all that it's, 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 it's not, but it's, it's, it's about, about 16k, and I added five to, to the end. Right. Because like, your sister <laughs> and I went out and played golf out the back there, because I guess there's all the, like, the, the restricted zone, and they've got to kind of plot out more space than is, strictly speaking, necessary, right? Hence, hence why there's a there. golf course nearby. Yeah, hence why there's a golf course nearby. Had a lovely round of golf. I think you, I think your sister, I think with a little bit of practice, KB, and I, I think your sister could be quite a good golf player. Mm. Wasn't it? Yes. Um, you got to, you got to commit to to being a golfer. Mm. Wasn't it Harrison Ford who um, dissed his plane on a golf course in well, one of the numerous times? Rave, when, yeah, yeah, one of the numerous times he's had a plane near fatal accident. What taking a point? What um? What what film are we talking about, Big Dog? No, in real life, the real, real life. What? Yeah, and there were all these <laughs> jokes. And guess guess who were the first first people in attendance? 
doctors mm. on the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he literally like was in a bad shape, so and they it said it, or something. Oh, he's it, look, he's crazy in his in his flying. Apparently, like he's had a couple of times. There's one time of him where he's literally taxiing down the runway, mm. and there's a massive. It's not quite a seven four seven. Oh yeah. It's big enough and it literally flies over the top of him and lands on the same runway because he's <laughs> on the wrong <laughs> He's and then, he, and then he gets on the on the wireless to like the control tower and was like, Where did that come from? Who's it? And they're like, You're on the wrong track. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Jones, you're gonna need to move to a different runway. Yeah, well, yeah, pretty much. It's like, yeah, guys, guys, a lunatic. I definitely wouldn't go on a plane with Harrison Ford. <laughs> I'd like to see it. So back to my running question. Sorry. I guess I, I've just been, I've been thinking over the last sort of year or so. I've been struggling. I've been really struggling for motivation to get out and run. Mm-hmm. But the last few days, I, I've gone out without any agenda and I haven't started out with a particular goal in mind, distance or location or time-wise. And I've just sort of run until I feel like going home. And that's felt really good. Mm. It's felt really nice and I felt quite energized at the end of my run and I felt... Anyway, the, the, mm. the question I wanted to ask you guys is, have you guys thought about similar things? Have you had similar experiences? What are your what are your thoughts about the 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 long dark tea time of the soul whilst running? I, I well I can sort of say that running is where I do a lot of thinking, but I do a lot of singing bizarrely when I run. Yeah, um, <laughs> mm, I do, and it's always and I sort of go on auto track. I, I start repeating the same song over and over and over again. It's just the way. It works for me, but um, what, what do you? What's the, what songs do you play? Well, it depends what I've heard. It's, it's, it might often be something a song I don't even like. It's just something that's just <laughs> enters in psyche. Yes. It might just be rocking, rocking some bangers all the way. Yeah, it might be bloody Umbob from Hampson for oh, all I know. Sorry, <laughs> you know, like it really might be. But Victor um, came in, came in like a wrecking ball. Yeah, but I I think we're not because I run a couple of times a week and. There's a certain point you get to where you kind of can't really keep it up unless you put no expectation on your run and you just mm. kind of just go out just to do it just for mm. you know you don't put a you don't put a time on it you don't put a yeah a, a distance on it you just go out there and you just do it and you just keep, if you keep that kind of consistency that's where I find I get the most enjoyment KB, Gents, Eric, yeah. your thoughts? Man, Eric, it's you've a been big crossing, question. you've been carrying a lot of, you've been copping a lot of miles. I've been trying, yeah, and like I don't know. Listen to you guys talk about it. I don't, I don't think when I run, I feel like running in Richmond. It's always like there's a we, there's a bin in front of me, and I got to run out into the road. And is there a car? And I'm coming up to an intersection, and there's just an intersection <laughs> 50 meters back. And here comes two people in pram, and so I, mm. I feel like most of my Richmond running is my my mental circuits are kind of spatial awareness. But then I think that's kind of how I prefer to run. Like when I'm out on a mm. closed course for some events, like 
you do start thinking and the only thing you think about the only thing i think about is like christ my feet hurt or my knees hurt or my <laughs> this breathing sounds so labored so mm. i think my style of running is mindless running in that if i if i start thinking too much it's just like it makes me want to quit but i will say my motivation lately mm. Uh, and if you're looking for something fresh, and it sounds like you're doing it already with these with these uh, pointless, in a good way, pointless runs, it's like new miles. Like I'm I'm totally invigorated when I get to a new section of my neighborhood, and it's like I've yeah. never been on this street, and it's like oh that house is cool, or oh there's a park that I never heard about. Yeah. So even though I haven't gone any more than probably two miles as the crow flies from my house, according to my notes, I've hit like 45 unique miles of roads. Um, Melbourne's great like that because there's so many, there's so many back laneways to where yeah. it's still operational. They haven't sort of closed. There's masses of, of sort of the hidden streets that you wouldn't do if you were just doing things expediently. Exactly. That was fast. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, I just run because I'm fat. That's it. A few episodes ago, um, back at the start, of the uh, the COVID nineteen carnage, um, sport more or less wiped off the map. Sport. Um, if if people that are listening to this, ep- this episode relatively currently, they'll know that most quite a few sports around the world have returned. Um, but a few episodes ago, we we took uh, we took punts on the uh, the British Masters, the golf, as oh, yes. part of uh, as part of Callum's David Mitchell challenge. Well, I don't know if you boys have been keeping an eye on the sports pages of the newspapers or the sports sections of the television news. But that event was concluded yesterday, and that means I have got results. Yeah. And David Mitchell points to be doled out. So yes. I'll, I'll just quickly get into it. So the British Masters, a golfing event, um, where men of varying sizes and nationalities hit small balls around lovely wide emerald fields. How good's golf? Great. Um, anyway, so we all picked randomly. Well, we we picked basically excitement of name. I think we can all agree. Yeah, that we did. We, we did. We, yeah. yeah. As we, we tip many things. Um, so big dog um, picked the Italian Guido. Guido, somebody. Guido Migliozzi from Italy. Callum picked. Callum picked golfers. Um, I mean the Leaning Tower of Pisa. That that feels like it's straight out of a mini golf course. <laughs> feel like just hit through the thing and like you can't see because it's on an angle. Um, Callum picked Wade Ormsby, the Australian. Um, I picked Graham Storm, who I th- British, I think he was. And he had then, the academy uh, too, didn't he? The Graham. No, Storm. That, that was that was Robert. That was Robert Rock. That, that was that was a. Robert Rock Golf Academy. The Robert that Rock sounds Golf like a, Academy. That guy sounds like That's a porn so star. Good. Robert Rock. Well, we're rock. Remember, remember Robert Rock. We'll come back to him. But um, none of us, none of us picked him. Um, I picked Graham Storm, and Eric picked Nacho Alveda. <laughs> Cracking name. Were they? Was he? Was he Seven Eleven nachos? Oh. <laughs> That may have you know, been. I, I just really listened to episode page. thirty-six. It may have been why Eric picked it in hindsight. Uh, but anyway, chaps, the uh, the British Masters has been crowned, and I can give you the final result of our contenders. They are as follows. Um, I'll do them from last to first. Nice. To, to build the suspense. Great. Um, so coming last, and I haven't. I have to admit, I haven't been able to find a reason why. 
But um, I'm afraid to say, Callum, that Wade Ormsby didn't even make the start line. (laughs) (laughs) He, for some reason, was a pre-race scratching. I I, I don't know why. I've checked him on Twitter. He didn't say anything. You would assume it's probably COVID-related. You would assume. Maybe, but I would have thought that he would have got there. Plenty of other Australians participated, so who knows. Anyway, Wade, Wade Ormsby was a, was a no-starter. Then, in equal 60th place, with a total score of one over par. Mamma mia, it's a Guido Migliotti! <laughs> <laughs> so... Made the made the cut, big dog, but didn't do didn't do, and and now we get into the nitty gritty. Mm. In twenty ninth place in the British Masters, with a total score of five under par. Mamma mia, it's Nacho Elveira. <laughs> Good old Italian nachos. No, Nacho, I think he was Spanish. I can't remember. He was Spanish. Twenty yeah. um, ninth. That just makes what you did very racist then. <laughs> We are in a climate where simply making fun of an exciting accent slash food stuff is racist, and I, I will uh, I'll cop, cop that. I said I said nachos are Italian. I am prepared to be uh, cancelled for that. Um, so uh, five under par, Eric. Not bad, not bad at all. I'll take it. Um, but I, I'm going to claim the chocolates this time. My man, Graham Storm, thundered in at tenth overall. With a score of ten under par, but that's a good, good score. The winner was with the winner was Italian. The winner of the British Masters, who I'd never heard of, Renato Paratore, with a score of eighteen under par. But our man, our, perhaps we could call him the group pick, Robert Rock, of the Robert Rock Golfing Academy, came fourth equal with a score of thirteen under par. So there you go. We we all laughed at Robert Rock for um having having his uh, own having his golf own club golf. <laughs> as his nominated. But hey, he uh, just missed out on a podium. So well done, Robert. Classic stuff. I'll uh, I might do up a little table. I might get old Coral Draw Eleven out the uh, the graphic design industry standard of two thousand and three, which I still favour. <laughs> Maybe I'll do us up a little leaderboard and find out exactly where we all are. Um, but that's the British Masters. So well done, Renato. Well done, Robert Rock and um, Wade Ormsby. I hope you're okay wherever you are. I hope that you're doing all right, mate. <laughs> Shoot us a message. <laughs> Let us know you're okay. Oh yeah, we ready? Are we ready for this? Oh, I mean, how ready do we need to be? Oh, is it preparation? Should I strap in? Like, oh, you know, look, we I mean, need to do some deep breathing exercises first, or uh... I think I, I think you'll see where I'm coming from. <laughs> <clears throat> Big dog's bone. So, um, so yeah, we're all uh, all, all the Melbourne-based crew, which is three of us, are currently uh, sitting in. Uh, imposed isolation uh, at the moment because we have a seriously out of control COVID situation going on in Melbourne at the moment. I think we had 457 new cases today. That's quite and a lot. 10, That's quite and a lot. 10, 10 people died overnight. So it's, uh, it's, not, it's not looking good for Victoria at the moment, for the big V. And um, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of reasons as to why it could be and a lot of people throwing a lot of reasons around. And uh, one of the main reasons of why... Victoria is in such a bad state has been levelled at security guards. <laughs> My bone 
is going to go towards the security guards and not specifically the security guards, but something that the security guards have been accused of doing. Now they've been accused of doing quite a few things. Yeah. Having, having a, having a big dog bone of their own. Yeah. <laughs> now that's okay. So to give some context, there's been allegations of, uh, uh, relations going on between security guards and people who are meant to be in 14 day isolation in hotels. Um, so that's pretty disgusting in its, in its own questionable. way. Very questionable from a moral standpoint. I mean, Hey, who, who's to judge and maybe, Hey, maybe they are wearing masks. So maybe, maybe judge. it's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As long as they are wearing protection. Yeah. But one thing <laughs> talk about wearing your mask wrong. <laughs> um, but the thing I've got a bone to pick with is one of the allegations that was leveled at them by the premier was that the security guards at these hotels have not just been sharing a bit of bodily fluid, but they've also been sharing cigarettes. Now I don't, now I don't just mean, you know, security guard Joe comes up to his mate, security guard Bob, and says, "Hey, Bob." Security guard Bob. You know, this is my favorite. This is my favorite bit of the whole story. Yeah. Security guard Joe. Security guard Bob. So, so security guard Joe goes up to security guard Bob and doesn't just say, hey, can I bum a cigarette? It's been a stressful day looking after the hotel guests. The allegation goes that they weren't just going up and bumming cigarettes. They were literally sharing the same cigarette. Now, who the fuck does that? <laughs> who shares a cigarette? Like one cigarette that's lit up that Bob's currently smoking. Is this between security guards or between... Yeah, this is what they've been accused. This is one of the reasons why the pandemic's got out of control was because Mm. security guards are toking on the same cigarette. Do you guys think that the... I I agree with you, Big Dog. That's 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 just disgusting. (laughs) Big Dog's clearly never been a smoker. Uh, cigarettes do cost in the vicinity of four to five hundred dollars each now. I mean, I've never, I've still never smoked. Oh, <laughs> God, you'd but, have um, to be desperate in a pandemic to be sharing someone else's cigarette. That's all I'd have to true. say. Like, it's true. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess the assumption that Bob was assuming that Joe didn't have COVID-19. But what Bob didn't know was that Joe had been shagging Karen up on level four of the ridges on Swanston. You know. I can think we can assume and that Karen's the security guards didn't know a lot of things. I'm led, I'm led to believe that the recruitment process was incredibly lax. Um, you know. Yeah, it wasn't is, great from what we've what's heard. What's that based? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the riches on Swanson is an absolute dump. Having worked there a couple of times, it's not a particularly flash hotel. And it wouldn't have surprised me in the slightest if that was where... Um, that's the one just down from Melbourne Uni. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a toilet. Mm. <laughs> with, a few, <laughs> with a few beds attached. But uh, when I heard that, I was just, I was appalled. I thought, you know... And then people did point out to me, they did say, well, you, you'd hear that they've been having their relations with guests as well. And the thing that disgusts me the most is the cigarettes. And yeah, that is the thing that surprised me, was that you were surprised by that. Not, not the fact that the security guards were having sex with guests, but the fact that they were then sharing a cigarette with, Look, <laughs> with I, each other. Look, I'm, I'm with Big Dog on this one. There are just some things that you just don't do. 
You don't share some tar with a mate. Like, it's just not right. <laughs> but boning an inmate's okay? Well, an inmate. It's, it's, I'm, I'm not condoning that either. I'm just finding, I just don't find that as revolting as the Really? Mm. I think I'm the other way. I think they're both pretty bad indiscretions, but I feel like people share people share cigarettes pretty often. That's a pretty standard thing is to share a cigarette. But like you're a guard at a hotel with people that might have an infectious disease and you're going in there to get your end away. It's ridiculous. Should, can oh, I, I preface this can I preface this by saying I am aware. You can't preface it after you've said the whole thing, by the way. <laughs> I am aware it is not how a preface works. Okay, sorry. I should have. I should have. I should have consulted with Cal first before I. <laughs> it's an asterisk, asterisk, or an epilogue, or a retraction. Can I clarify something? I am aware that people share a lot of special cigarettes. And by special cigarettes, I mean cigarettes that don't generally have tobacco. I'm not completely clueless. Okay. But what I am saying is when it comes to the old nicotine, get your own stick. <laughs> Here's one for you, big dog. I'll be interested to hear your thoughts slightly tangentially. Would you ever share a toothbrush? You know what? I have to confess. Oh? This is a current situation. Oh. No. Interesting. Interesting. So we've been having trouble getting little Ryan using his toothbrush yes but he doesn't seem to have a problem brushing his teeth when it's mine so <laughs> so there is a lot of cross toothbrushing going on even in this pandemic i have so to say are you big dog are you or ryan having sex with any of the, the people <laughs> in quarantine it's a big problem it's a big problem. any of the hotel guests <laughs> big dog can i ask can i ask you another question have you ever smoked a cigarette? And you don't. Have, we can we can cut this if you don't want. We can redact this. I can just I can just play the girl from Ipanema over the answer. But like, you know, you don't slobber on it like it's a lollipop. You sort of just like. I'm confused as to what your 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 strenuous objection to it is. It's not like licking a lollipop. It's not like you're sharing a lollipop. It's not like Big it's dog not does a, not do things by half measures. It's not a, a smoking a cigarette is not a particularly saliva inducing activity that you would then like you pull the cigarette away and there's like a strand of saliva leading to the mouth. And you go here you go Joe and Joe goes oh it's a bit wet but that's okay because I need my nicotine fixed like. You smoke a cigarette, the cigarette remains quite dry. I'm just, I'm confused as to why you, why the guests having sex with the security guards, you were sort of like, that's pretty bad, but holy crap, B uh, Ben and, what's his name, Bill and Joe, sharing a cigarette, it was like a nuclear explosion went off under your ass. I don't know why, but it just, it, it revolts me. It just absolutely <laughs> repulses me. But in well, answer to your question, yes, I mean, I can remember many a horse house party where I'd steal a cigarette. I guess I, the, another, another way of looking at this is, is you could look at this through the classic pop science frame of the inside of your mouth has a greater germ population than the inside of your toilet bowl, right? Fairly oft quoted and fairly well supported scientific fact. Oh yeah, it's because of toilet duck. Because of toilet duck. <laughs> My bowl's clean. But I, I would say one thing though. Going back to your toothbrush thing, which would make me out to be a hypocrite. No, I was just just curious. I would say though that Ryan and I are both family related, so 
That's not as bad. <laughs> if the two security guards were kind of like... Well, that does still depend on whether you're brother and the brother. hotel guest, Nick's. Yeah, I suppose I haven't factored that in, have I? <laughs> yeah. But I've just got this mental image of two sweaty blokes, <laughs> you know, sharing a ciggy. Sucking on the tip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which hey, look, bit of the story is this? <laughs> this is the cigarette part I'm talking about. Maybe that's where it happened. Maybe they did oh, do the deed dear. first and then they had a sweaty cigarette after the sweaty. I was going to say, the cliche is to have a cigarette afterwards. Yeah. Imagine that, though. That would be... We should be, sorry, we should be 21st century uh, uh, men about this and, and it could be... Ladies security guards with yeah, men, that's true. Ladies security guards with ladies, male security guards with ladies, male Absolutely security true. guards with men. Oh, I guess Joe Joe could be a woman. You know, that's fair enough. I Joe and Joe and what was it? Joe and Bob. Well, Bob, Bob can, no. Bobby Bobby can be a girl's name. Nice. Yeah. 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 Nice. Good save team. Equality. We made it. That's well, not known anyway. I mean, it was um, it was a what a what a what a delicate dance that was. <laughs> there was a lot in that, I have to say, that uh, that I thoroughly enjoyed. Anyway, if anyone agrees with me, send yeah. their feedback through to Barry Bullock. Uh, <laughs> that sucking on cigarettes is bad, like that. I'll put up. A, I'll see if I can put up a poll. See if we can get a poll up. <laughs> what's What's more disgraceful, having sex with um, quarantine guests or sharing a cigarette with a fellow security guard? We'll see which way it swings. I have a little bone. I have a little bone this week. A little chicken wing. My corn bone is with uh, flour manufacturers. Oh, yes. Because what the fuck is the purpose of self-raising flour? And in an environment Mm. where you are concerned about food security and the ability to provide flour, which which I would say is considered an essential source of food, why are we still producing self-raising flour, which has to rank as the most fucking pointless invention? It's, it's right up there in the most fucking pointless inventions in humanity. It's a slanderous accusation from you. I don't know. Doesn't it just make it easier? You don't have to add baking powder or any of that stuff. I don't know. Make your make your buns puff up. I'm not sure. This is kind of a quick. Powder. Yeah, it's definitely a small bone. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of an answer to this. You can use plain flour to make self-raising flour, but yeah. you can't use self-raising flour in the place of plain flour. So why would you bother having self-raising flour? Because maybe some people aren't the sort of confident bakers that, say, the four of us are, that know how to uh, to accurately apply baking powder in its raising capacity. Maybe that you know, there's plenty of people that are novice bakers that are like. Instructions that are on every single packet of baking flour. Hey, not everyone's a master chef, despite the fact that there's a TV show um, called Master Chef that has people on it who aren't actually chefs. Master chefs. Oh, well, we've been down All this masters. road, Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't realise, Big Dog, until quite recently that I also have an issue with the name of that TV show because it's called Master Chef, but none of the people that contest the show are chefs. They're all home cooks. Why isn't it called Master Home Cook? Anyway. 
I separate do have a bachelor though as well because Clem and I have been very much enjoying a great kitchen utensil. No, we've been um, well. I have been enjoying my spatula quite recently, and one one of the things I've been doing is I've been attempting to get everything out of bowls, no matter what I'm making. Like I made pancakes this morning. And I tried, when I made the pancakes, I used a spatula to try and get all of the batter out of the bowl so there wasn't anything to wash. Because, I mean, pancake batter is difficult. That's what, the, that's what makes the spatula so great. It's the best. It's yeah. the best. And that food goes into your pancake. Or it's an annoying thing that you've got to wash later. It's, it's, yeah. it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Exactly, right? Um, so I, I have reflected on the nature of the spatula. One of the things that I've really enjoyed is, uh, have you guys seen on Netflix, there's a, there's a TV show called The Great Family, The Family Cooking Showdown? No. Oh, great. Kieran, the, the, Kieran your, family, your family would love it. It's like British families. There's a family of, of three members of a family get together and they, they bake, they cook against each other, but it's great because there's none of the pretense of like families making extraordinary food. (laughs) They're just cooking shit. Like they're just like, you get a whole bunch of ingredients and they throw something together and yeah, look, they make efforts to make them look like restaurant food, but they'll make a lemon meringue pie and the whole meringue will just, there'll be a shot of it just sliding off. (laughs) <laughs> and then it'll cut to the judges and i'll be like that's a bit disappointing <laughs> but you've managed to put some food on the plate so well done you now let's yeah. taste it shall we and they're so endlessly positive and optimistic i love it because it's all about people having a go and having a try and it's not my, pretending to my kind of cooking show it's good fun i think you really like it what's it what's it called uh i think it's called the the great fam the the family big cook the cooking showdown something like that. it's on netflix anyway it's a I was good. Yeah, okay really big show on netflix it's fun it's fun it doesn't t- it, i don't think it takes itself too seriously which is what yeah cooking shows should be about cooking and having a bloody ripper while doing it speaking of fun things fellas got a little idea for you i found out about this quite recently um Obviously, whilst we are in the middle of the uh, of the COVID carnage, it's not going to be a uh, it's not going to be a, a a quick starter. This is one we might have to think about maybe a year down the track. Um, I found out recently about um, it's called, and you have to excuse any Finnish people that listen to this podcast. Excuse my pronunciation, but the Sparakov, um, which is a heritage tram converted into a pub is that the one on top of the is that the one off um smith street no this is in finland helsinki oh what this is a this is this is a tram it's called this spartakov um and it's a pub tram so it's a tram that they've turned into a pub that you can jump on and have a drink and it's sort of like a sightseeing thing it's a little bit like you know how melbourne has the um the colonial restaurant trams dining car Mm -hmm. yeah it's a bit like that except it's a pub and I think a pub, obviously, a lot more fun than a restaurant. And I feel like if we if we got in, got into the era of Yarra trams, we could really push that maybe they put aside one of those beautiful D-class trams, turn it into a pub. Imagine just being on a Friday or Saturday night, being able to jump on a tram, sit down and have a couple of bevies 
How good would that be? Pretty fun. That'd be yeah. Pretty fun. Yeah. Given the, the hospitality is going to be going through a pretty rough time, you know, there's going to be a lot of bars and stuff closing. You could have like pop up bars, but instead of like them popping up in locations, they just pop up on these trams. Unaligned. Yeah. It's like the it's like the party bus fun of the trams. Like the party, yeah. Except you no, know, you love your party bus, big dog. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to sort of, um, you'd have to make it a bit more civilized than just your average party bus. Obviously, you'd only get jump jump on for a couple of beers, but I reckon, I reckon uh, pub tram in Melbourne could be the go. You have a have a couple of them going around, you know. You chuck a couple of kegs on a little fridge. You know, I reckon, I reckon it wouldn't be that difficult to set up, and I reckon it would go absolutely gangbusters in Melbourne. Absolute gangbusters. One drawback to that, though, Kieran, that I can point out. Just one. Yep. <laughs> so you couldn't Kieran's get in. you couldn't get the party bus tram to do the annoying three point turn, which holds up traffic like the party bus does, where it just <laughs> stops traffic completely because it just pulls out of nowhere. There's people screaming and carrying on. Meanwhile, the bus driver is doing it like a, a 20 point turn and banking up traffic for like he's half realized, a mile. realized he's gone the wrong way. Yeah. And this is, a, we, this is that is what we saw? We saw that once, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. On Bridge bus. Road. That's, that's right. Party bus trying Bridge to do you too. <laughs> oh, that's right. And the, just up from your place, Eric, we saw a party bus try and do a three point turn like in the middle of Bridge. Bridge Road. And there was no <laughs> discretion about it. it was no, it was Swan Street. It was Swan Street because it was just up from Eric's house. Swan, Swan Street is classic for, for, bad, for poor oh, yeah. choices. I once watched a semi try and pull uh, like into what's, – what's that street just before the, before the railway overpass on Swan Street? Near the corner. And yeah, I, I once watched a semi oh, try to turn Street. into Lennox – and I, th- I, I swear to God, I, I swear to God, they pulled like a, it was like a twenty-three point turn, like <laughs> pulled up traffic for a good seventeen, eighteen minutes of this semi just trying to figure its shit out. <laughs> Which is surprising because those guys generally, those guys are really good drivers because they're so? freaking hard to drive a semi trailer. Having tried oh, yeah. to get my license to do it to get a to get a medium rigid, it's yeah, it's hard. not easy. Super hard, yeah. Mm. Yeah, fair to say Swan Street's not the place for large vehicles to U-turn. <laughs> that was <very laughs> true. Well, that's, that's idea number one. I I think, like, you know, a well-crafted letter to Yarra Trams and uh, maybe an ear, ear into someone else. We could get the pub tram happening. I reckon pub tram, put it on the agenda for summer 2020 slash 2021. I like it. <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, we have less than a minute left, so should we should we hop off this call and start a fresh one, KB? I guess so. But, um, well, sometimes they go, hey, you're going to have more time. But maybe now Zoom are like, oh, the goodwill's over. We can't keep upgrading these meetings. Our, stock, our stock's gone through the roof. We've got shareholders now. We have, to, we have to start making money. We can't be giving away these minutes for free. So in deference to the... Uh, to the oh, it's gone. We use something called Cisco Meetings, actually, which is a shit of a thing to use, I find. <laughs> but it does a really tricky thing. It tells you when you're about to log in and says, oh, your, your microphone's on, muse, and your camera's off. But then when you start up and actually get into the meeting, it automatically turns on your microphone and doesn't tell you. And there's all these people that 
work who've been caught out listening to meetings, thinking that they're on mute and someone will say something like the, like the person chairing the meeting and someone else will go, oh, for fuck's sake. This guy's <laughs> <laughs> and it's all because of like Cisco has pulled a trick on them and said like, no, you, you're, you're on mute. And then as soon as you get into the meeting, all of a sudden you're not, not on mute. Oh, the pitfalls of digital communication, eh? Are you you're putting the video up as well, or what, what's? We can put it. We can put some of the videos up. Why not? I mean, I think it's important that the uh, the listeners get a little bit of a look at some of the uh, some of the fantastic looks. I've got a lovely uh, four month beard, longest beard I've ever had. My West Coast Eagle scarf. Callum's wearing his microphone at the jauntiest of angles, and and I said, Big Dog looks like he's working in a call center. He's got the white wall. He's got the classic over the top, the one microphone, the the one ear open. I mean, no, what's, what's that, Steve? What's that? Big dog. It's Sunday night. Take take a day off. I'm muted. Look what's in the background. Not quite the call center, but maybe <laughs> maybe the janitor working in the call center because there's the mop right next to me. I'm currently someone's called in sick. Someone's called in sick, so they've got the janitor to fill in. <laughs> Literally recording this in the laundry of the oh. house. Is that where you are? You're in the laundry? I told you I'd be in the laundry and that is <laughs> so you You mentioned it briefly that you had a story yeah. for us about working in a call center, but I'm oh, reticent yes. to... Re- is it going to be... Will it take less than three minutes? No, it's 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 very quick. Tell so, us. Tell anyway, us. Regale us. I, okay, before I do... I'll just explain why I'm in the laundry. It's all to do with <laughs> spatial distance, right? In our house. So the laundry I've worked out is about the furthest distance I can be away from little Ryan's room. Mm. So that's why the laundry is a good spot to be because the noise doesn't travel. I feel that. <laughs> anyway, so I had this one guy. I'll, I'll tell this story. It's real quick. So the best call center response I ever had was this guy calling up and not happy with the situation, you know. And call centers cop a lot of abuse when you're on the phone. Anyway, this guy's going, oh, for F's sake, that's a, oh, you know, he's just gone right off tap. And I said, sir, I'll have to ask that you please temper the language. And then his response was, I'm not swearing at you, mate. I'm swearing at the world. Which I thought was the greatest response. That's a beautiful line. That's deeply philosophical. Yeah, yeah. And it's classic call center, you know. He's just swearing his guts out, but not at me, but at the world, you know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, that's the end. Episode 37, some bold ideas being exchanged, some bones have flown, and hopefully we can soon look forward to a lovely, lovely beer on a tram. Um, It's been real, boys. Hopefully, hopefully the next month we might even be able to all be together in person recording live for Barry Block Hour 38. What do we think about that? Sounds good. Unlikely, yes, please. but I love it. Well, hopefully I'll be in town. It might be Zoom. It might be a full Melbourne Zoom. Barry Block Hour 37. We'll see you in a month's time for some more Barry Block Hour chaos.